Hello, folks, and welcome to another edition of Weber's Whipping Post, coming to you from Cave Creek, Arizona. I'm Weber, and I'm delighted you have tuned in to listen to my podcast. If you have questions or a different opinion, you can reach me at PackerBacker1957 at yahoo.com. Or you can contact me at my website at www.weberswhippingpost.com. I'd sure love to hear from you. Like always, this episode is brought to you by Brandon and Jeff Chero at Coors Creek Ford, now celebrating their 40th year serving Kankakee County. Whether you're buying a new Ford, a pre-owned vehicle, or needing your vehicle serviced, the good folks at Coors Creek Ford are committed to making this your place to go for your vehicle needs. Open 9 to 7 Monday through Friday and Saturday from 9 to 5. Stop by their showroom in Bourbonnet, Illinois, or look them up online at www.courtstreetford.com. Order the Ford of your dreams today. My column today is called It's Worse Than 9-11. You know, in many of my past columns, I have railed against Joe Biden's election, claiming it was rigged as well as his mental capacity to run this country. Much of what I said and predicted seems to be coming true. I may be just a kid from Chavance that hardly anybody knows but I'm not alone with my claims. Victor David Hansen, perhaps one of America's smartest men, had this to say about Biden recently. The administration that is running this country is a Jacobin crew whose agenda does not poll 50% on any issue. It has managed in two years to wreck the border, destroy energy, autonomy, fuel racial tensions, create an entirely new cause of the aggrieved transgender community tank the economy, spike crime, and put America into a rapid decline abroad, and call it progress. He also called Biden the happy face emoji of the administration. What Hansen is expressing is that there is no one man acting as the real president running this country. There's a cabal of unknown hard left Democrats behind him actually presiding over us, and Biden is merely the figurehead a Manchurian president, if you will. It's been my opinion this action started with the Obama administration and that Biden is merely an extension of what had already been implemented. Trump's election interfered with this hard left plan and is the impetus of why he's being pursued into hell. How Trump is allowed to remain among us has always been a mystery to me. As we are all Americans wanting only the best for America, I would ask liberals to put aside your Trump-hating emotions just for one minute and ask yourself, what if Hansen and Weber are right? I know there are some of you out there that never think conservatives are right about anything, but I'm just asking you to step outside your comfort zone, your background, your allegiances, to wonder for just one minute, what if? Think that scenario all the way through. With all that we have seen in the past few years, is it really that hard to believe are we comfortable with not having a traditional president at the helm of this country? Are we secure with a group of people we don't know anything about actually pulling levers like Oz in the Emerald City? Biden has announced his intent to run for president again in 2024. We need to ask ourselves, if those two old conservatives are right, do we want to stay with this type of governance? But as inconceivable as the Manchurian concept may be to conceptualize, it might pale in comparison to the rumored criminal actions the Biden family has allegedly been involved in. It would appear they may have sold out their country for financial gain while Biden was vice president under Obama. 
One must wonder that, if true, was Obama aware of this and why did it happen on his watch? Clearly, I'm referring to the Hunter Biden escapades with China and Ukraine, with money from those countries being siphoned off to his father and uncle. To make matters more sinister, there is now a whistleblower alleging both the corrupt FBI and DOJ have been in possession of a document describing those very criminal activities. The Bidens and a foreign national exchanged money for policy decisions. This claim was recently released in tandem by House Oversight Committee Chairman James Comer and Iowa Senator Chuck Grassley. Supposedly, the document, an FBI-generated FDU-1023 form, includes a precise description of how the alleged scheme was implemented and its purpose. In other words, people they knew. Comer stated, the American people need to know if President Biden sold out the United States of America to make money for himself. As bad as Biden's alleged crimes are, what alarms me more is that the organizations that are to protect us and our very justice system, the FBI and DOJ, as well as possibly past President Obama, might have all known about Biden's crimes, yet did nothing. We the people have been asleep at the wheel far too long. There was a criminal element in our government stealing our country right out from underneath us. Now more than ever, we need to wake up and demand to take our country back. To do that, it is imperative we stop fighting amongst ourselves and come together as a united American people. This may be worse than 9-11. It's that serious. The election of 2024 is shaping up to be one of the most important in our lifetimes. Hey, this product comes to you by the fine folks at George Ryan Jr. Insurance Company. The team at Ryan's Insurance Company is ready to provide you with most of any of your insurance needs today. Just call 815-936-0075 to talk to a friendly representative. That's 815-936-0075. Or you can get an online quote at www.gr insure.com. That's grinsure.com. It's been an interesting bill introduced in Congress that will last as long as a glass of vodka on Nancy Pelosi's nightstand. The odd group of representatives includes Matt Gates, Alexandria Cortez, and I'm going to mess this name up, Raja Krishnamurthy, and Brian Fitzpatrick. They've announced a bill restricting members of Congress, their spouses, and dependents from trading in individual stocks. They call it the Bipartisan Restoring Faith in Government Act. I would have called it the Nancy Pelosi Insider Trading Act as she made millions from her position in Congress for decades. Normally I would question why Gates from Florida is chumming up beside Cortez, but to do so would require me to break my oath not to discuss Cortez in any manner. In a rare reversal of opinions, I am siding with Joe Biden over Donald Trump on one issue. Trump was critical of Biden for electing not to attend the coronation of Charles III to King of England. Evidently, no sitting president has ever attended a coronation of a British monarch, which I didn't know. Who knows if that was Biden's final reason, but I don't think I would have attended either had I been president. In all due respect to the Brits, the whole affair seems to be a colossal waste of time and money. Is there anything more duplicitous, more deceitful, more two-faced than New York Mayor Adams and ex-Chicago Mayor Lightfoot 
demanding Texas Governor Greg Abbott stop sending illegal immigrants to their cities. Typical liberals, they are all for these leftist ideals as long as it doesn't affect them. If I were Abbott, I'd send them both an 8x10 glossy autograph picture of my backside. Well, if you've been watching the news, which I do too much, you will see thousands of illegal immigrants headed toward our southern border again. If we can't send them all to Chicago and New York, what are they supposed to do with them? All kidding aside, the lines are incredibly long for those poor people, and we just don't have the facilities for them. There should be a special place in hell for how Biden and Mayorkas are misleading and treating those poor people, as well as allowing the drugs flooding over the border into our kids' arms and killing them. You know how aggravating that my pillow guy is just for being on Fox News so much? Well, the big advertiser over at Newsmax is Colonial Pen. I feel like I see Jonathan Lawson peddling 9.95 monthly life insurance more than I do my wife. He seems like he'd be a really nice guy, but geez, give it a break, Jonathan. I often keep an eye out for upcoming concerts in either Illinois or Arizona. I'm on a mailing list that informs me of both areas. Recently, I was thinking about an upcoming Gordon Lightfoot concert. Well, then he died. That was kind of depressing, as I always was a big Lightfoot fan. Gordon, not Lori. His first hit, If You Could Read My Mind, was one of my very first favorite songs on a 45 record. I damn near wore that sucker out. I had no idea that Canadian Gordon was 84 years old. Rest in peace, Mr. Lightfoot. You were a great storyteller. Well, here's a sobering statistic for you. Gallup claims nearly half of us are worried that our deposits are not safe in the banks. That would include me. I can't help but get this feeling. These couple of bank failures that have been going on recently seem to be the canary in the coal mine. My father always called me a suspicious bastard, and he was probably right, but this is starting to get concerning. The general public is fighting about transgender perverts as if that should be any discussion at all, while banks around us are failing. Wake up, people. Hey, Bud Light is going to triple its ad spend to separate itself from the disastrous transgender campaign. Not to worry, says Anheuser-Busch. CEO Michael Dukaris. They've weathered storms before, he said, even though the idiotic campaign has cost them $5 billion. What we haven't heard is that they are sorry, because, well, they're not. Keep the boycott going, folks. I've been founding out queer leaders all week to get my second book published, which is part of the process for us great unwashed writers, not named Stephen King, James Patterson, or John Grisham. I've got so many rejection letters already, my head is swimming. I noticed a couple things. Most authors are female. Also, most of the agent and publishers want novels with women as the lead character, especially African-American and or lesbian women. I personally think that's racist, but hey, it's a business. I'm thinking of writing a book about a female truck driver who is black, gay, and only has one leg. If I can figure out how to get her in and out of the truck, maybe I can get that one published. This one is hard to believe. According to USA Today, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis has more cash for the 2024 presidential race than former President Donald Trump. DeSantis has raised about $226 million, although he has spent about $140 million. Trump's campaign has raised about $32 million, and he has spent just $4 million of that money, 
mostly in junk emails addressed to me. Well, the government is planning to convict five more people for their alleged involvement in the January 6th protest. Four members were from the Proud Boys and were found guilty of seditious conspiracy by a Washington, D.C. jury. Yeah, I'll bet they got a real fair trial there. Supposedly, they were forcibly preventing the peaceful transfer of power from Trump to Biden. And just how transferring that power to Biden has worked out for us, folks. Enrique Tarrio, Ethan Nordu, Joseph Biggs, Zachary Real, and Dominic Pizzola were all convicted of various charges. Funny thing, not one word from anyone on those pipe bombs yet. So when I was searching for background information on the Proud Boys, I ran across the slickest website put out by Stanford University that will tell you everything you ever wanted to know about the Proud Boys, including key statistics that increase right in front of you. The Stanford Center for International Security and Cooperation also has similar slick websites for other alleged right-wing and their white supremacist organizations like Oath Keepers, Adam Waffen, Azov Battalion, The Base, Patriot Prayer, and Rise Above Movement, and QAnon. One page is specifically for mapping the global far right. Funny thing about this website, there is nothing similar regarding Antifa, Black Lives Matter, James Revenge, Weather Underground, etc. This is another example of higher education in this country selling us out with their damn liberal policies. I'd be damned if I'd pay for my kid to go to that liberal den of inequity. So I'm reading this historical fiction book named The Orchid and the Emerald. The book is just okay, and I'm neither promoting or suppressing one to read it. I'm the type of person, though, who starts a book, I have to finish it, but this one gets a little too detailed and is sometimes hard to follow, except when the authors inform the reader about the Amazon River. I was amazed at some of the facts they printed. I'm going to thrill or bore you with a few right now. Pretty much everyone knows the Amazon is the largest and longest river on Earth, named Amazon after my mythological Greek women warriors by Francisco de Orlana. The damn thing is seven miles wide. Now it gets interesting. The flow of the Amazon is greater than the next seven largest rivers in the world. Combined, the amount of water flowing from the Amazon to the ocean daily is enough to supply New York City's freshwater needs for nine years. The Amazon drainage basin is over a billion acres, draining an area about the size of the United States. The Amazon River, responsible for the world's largest rainforest, makes up half of the world's rainforest. More than a fifth of the world's oxygen is created in the Amazon rainforest. Well, I'm saying rainforest a lot. It's home to the world's largest ecosystem with 10% of the world's living plant and animal species. One quarter of Western medicines come from the Amazon. Now get this, only 1% of the plants in the rainforest have been scientifically tested for medicinal properties. Just 1%. That is mind-bending. Now for something important to talk about, golf. Did you see where Roy McElroy decided to skip playing the RBC Heritage Classic last month, forfeiting $3 million in players' impact earnings? McElroy said he needed a reset after playing badly at the Masters. So the PGA fined him as per the rules. I don't think I'd have done that. Hopefully they're not being penny-wise and dollar-foolish with the LIV tournament barking in the background just to snap up PGA players. 
Unfortunately, in too many places around the world, a free press is under attack by governments that want to avoid the truth or mistrust the ability of citizens to make their own decisions. Journalists are harassed, sometimes even killed. Independent outlets are shut down. Dissent is silenced, and freedom of expression is stifled. That little diatribe was courtesy of Barack Obama speaking on behalf of World Press Freedom Day. He was kind enough to come off his $12 million Martha's Vineyard mansion to lecture us all on the importance of a free press. Funny thing, he didn't mention a damn word about Hunter's laptop or his director clapper or Brennan swearing Hunter's laptop was Russian propaganda, nor did he mention his own monitoring of James Rosen of Fox News. Screw you, Barack, you sanctimonious son of a bitch. By the way, the WPFD has an index where they rank countries on their freedom of the press. The U.S. ranks the lowly 42nd out of 180 countries. My view is the only reason we rank so low is because most of the friggin' media is in the tank for the left and censors itself. I guess they recently found evidence of salty water on Mars, probably from ice and snow. Trouble is, it hasn't rained or snowed since uh, about 400,000 years ago. Take that, George Soros. He bankrolled the moronic Kim Gardner for the St. Louis Circuit Attorney position, a post she screwed up regularly. She finally resigned Thursday before she got canned by the Missouri Attorney General for neglecting her duties. It is said she dismissed nearly 12,000 cases in her tenure. The final straw came when a teenage volleyball player was visiting St. Louis with the rest of her team. She was struck by a car and lost both legs. The man who hit her was out on bond awaiting trial for a separate armed robbery case, despite disregarding terms of his bond on multiple occasions. He should have never been there to hit that girl. He should have been sitting his backside in prison. One Missouri judge called her office a rudderless ship of chaos. Of course, Gardner is hinting that it's sexism and racism that's part of the criticisms against her. And now for some good news. Britain has a 105-year-old World War II Dunkirk France survivor. That in itself is good news, but the man, John Hamilton, walks a mile every day and spends 90 minutes in the gym. He recently smashed the world rowing record for 1,000 meters. He states he owes his longevity to an exercise routine. Says he is just so full of life. I think I need a dose of that. Hey, that with my time this week is at the end. Thanks so much for listening, folks. Please tell others about this podcast at www.webberswhippingpost.com. Talk to you next week. Bye.